Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready. Now go, cat, go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoe. Well, you can do anything but take over my blue suede shoe. One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now. Go, go, go. Rock and Robin, tweet, tweet, tweet. Rock and Robin, tweet, tweet. It. <laughs> the Elvis movie, not the Jackson Five movie. Although I don't think they were the first ones to ever do that song. All right, well, let's start here. <clears throat> Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and drink some brews. Ah, uh, Jordan, and stepping through the screen here is Daniel and his rock star <laughs> hair. Yeah, yeah. Just watch me wiggle my legs. Yeah. Woo! So today we are talking <laughs> the new Elvis film. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and then just step on my blue suede shoes. Cheers. Cheers. All right, let's get into some beers here. I'm thirsty, Daniel. So I got a crowler here. I got this uh, really nice breakside here, deductive reasoning. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think they're bottling or canning this. It's just on tap, so you got to be local and go to one of their locations. But this is a delicious beer. Very nice. Um, well, Gavin, like I said, he ran out and got beer. And he brought back, I didn't specify anything because, and you know, I just let him pick. Well, he got me a Breakside Stay West. Heck yeah. I know it's a pretty common occurrence, especially during the summer, but it's a damn good beer. Sweet. Well, cheers to Breakside today. Hell yeah. Hmm. Delicious. Yeah, and I haven't had that one yet, but I'm going to. Oh, you should. It's really good. Really, really good. I'll go check it out sometime this week. Well, Dan, it's been a couple of weeks since I saw you. What's, uh, what's going on in the movie news world? I mean, we've got a few things here and there. One is brand new out today, which I told you about because you're like, Ooh, what? My teenage years, not childhood, but teenage years. But they put out a Clerks 3 trailer. And we're going to watch it right and We're going to watch it. See if it lives I, up to so I, Daniels, did, you, did you watch it yet or just saw a thumbnail? I didn't watch it yet. All right, well, here we go. I haven't seen it. I just heard about it five minutes ago. Just learned okay. of it. I just learned of its existence five minutes ago. Here we go. There they are, middle-aged bobbin. Wow. Somebody get over That's how we did it in the 90s, son. I can't catch my breath, man. Really? Should I try mouth stuff? What is this, a Tinder date? Get off of me. Uh, oh, shit. Mr. Dante! I need an ambulance at the quick stop. Saved my life, man. Wish I had a life worth saving. What are you talking about? Just sit around sure and watch the alive. same movies over and over. I always thought you could have made a cool movie. You're right. I'm living on borrowed time. No more watching movies. I'm gonna make a movie! <laughs> 
What's the movie going to be about? It's about him working here. Meta. Everything in the script is something either me or someone really? I know said. I'm not so they're making clerics here today. Maybe Jay and Silent Bob could be characters. Jay and Silent Bob are like C-3PO and R2-D2. They've been here since the first movie, which was the last time they were cool. But they've been with the franchise so long, they still give them cameos and put them on the lunchboxes. Snifty Booches! Please tell me why! They believe in you. You put in that stuff you used to say about the Death Star contractors. Get sued by Disney. No way. <laughs> Off your pants. Uh, what the hell is this? I added a scene where you get shot. I'm not letting you kill me off in the third act. What if there's a sequel? A sequel? What am I, a hack? <laughs> okay. Whoa, I think it needs more weed. Damn, that was a giant ass joint. Yeah. So, okay, that's kind of interesting. I mean, so essentially clerks three is them making clerks one basically <laughs> or assuming that clerks one is real and then they're making a movie about their own lives yep is this kind interesting of, is this requel territory <laughs> i have it's it's very meta, meta. for sure metaverse i don't know but I, that's interesting. I did not expect that for a third one. Wow, crazy seeing all of them in their, gosh, late 40s now. Yeah. If not early 50s. Whoa. Probably closer. I think Kevin Smith is in his 50s. So. Yeah, I think most of them probably are. Okay. Well, um, hmm. we will see. Yeah. When did that say will... this fall? What? Coming out this fall. We will see if it <clears throat> recaptures that 90s glory, I guess. But hey, we'll see. I mean, the second one's pretty good. Aside from that bestiality scene, that's like, ugh. Yeah. But otherwise, the second one I thought was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I remember liking both. I remember the first one more. The, the, yeah, the first one's classic. It, it, it's classic, so. All right, well... More of a mall rats guy myself. Yeah, all right. It's amazing. I'm still kind of disappointed they never made a sequel to that. They were talking about it for a long time, and I don't think it ever happened. Or is going to happen, I should say. Yeah, probably shouldn't at this point. Probably shouldn't. No. But, you know, we'll see. Anyway, so the next couple bits of music, because I don't know if you heard this, Jordan, but Stranger Things Part 2 came out this past week. Oh, I heard. I don't know if you heard about that. Haven't but... watched yet, but I heard. Uh, we finished it yesterday. Damn. But all I'm going to say is Stranger Things 4 has become Netflix's second title to cross 1 billion hours viewed. Nice. So uh, it's doing pretty well. What's the other title? It doesn't say that. Yeah. Stranger <laughs> I... Things 1. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they'd all have to be there, though, because you can't watch the fourth unless you watch the other three. Well, you'd be surprised how many people don't watch the first one or just start in a series. And if anything, the other three, too, you recap them to watch the next season. Anyway, well, that's cool. I love it. I love when good stuff like that sets records. It's awesome. 
Kind of like Maverick crossing 1.1 billion. One billion dollars. Yeah, which is crazy to me still for such a long overdue franchise. Okay. So I guess the other one that was a billion over billion hours viewed was Squid Games. Really? Yeah, I, I mean, know people were, I know people were talking about it last year. I guess it was last year, last fall. Okay, I didn't know it was that much viewership. Wow. Beat out Tiger Nipple Ring King. Whoa. Okay, yeah. Well, tw- yeah. The Squid so Games. I was kind of surprising, but yeah, Squid Games. Apparently, it was the second one. And in that same hour, because I watched four hours of Stranger Things content. Oh, well, just- you said you also said hours, though. So it's not necessarily how many clicks, but you said hours. When season four is a shit ton of hours in that season. Yeah, and they count oh, okay. 28 days, like the first 28 days to get it past the, like... Okay, all right, all right. That make, okay, that makes sense. Well, cool. So, yeah, so well, 20, for, yeah hours total. Game, I mean, like, the and... part two was four hours by itself. But Just speaking with, on without that... Without spoiling anything, pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. As definitely, like, I heard about, like, the mention of one scene which i'm not going to tell you because it's fucking sweet but i just remember like oh that would be cool and then i watched it and i'm like oh my god that was so badass like i i think you're really really gonna like it oh, man. maybe that's for tonight i i'm going to the movies tonight i'm actually gonna go see elvis again tonight damn <laughs> and i'm going with a friend uh but maybe when i get home i did want to recap episode seven and go straight into the new season i don't know i gotta open yeah tomorrow. i would probably do like if you're doing that just watch episode seven and then the next day just sit down and watch the four hours of content yeah uh we'll see we'll see i don't know I don't but know. in four that hours. same vein and you know james cameron loves his movies but there's been some like like he did an interview and some snippets were coming out which is like avatar the way of water is currently around three hours long uh and he also said just he's like james cameron's like i don't want to hear anybody bitching i see my kids sit down five hours straight watching one hour long episode after the other he's like so he's essentially just saying i don't want to hear anybody complaining about how long the movie is young as her kids he's like a grandpa who knows who knows? But at the same time, like, yeah, I sat down and watched four hours of Stranger Things. There was a bathroom break in there, though, but still, like, it's fine. But I thought that was just kind of funny. He's essentially it, just quit your bitching and just watch the movie. I guess that means no beer during the movie. Yeah. Nope. No beer. No beer. Oh, and we also got to talk about the Minions box office, because I was oh, telling yeah. you about this on what was it sunday i heard they had a very solid opening weekend the minions the rise of crew yeah i am trying to pull up so worldwide made 216 just shy of 217 million dollars in its weekend box office which apparently is the highest box office for fourth of july weekend ever oh i didn't know that which is insane uh and i don't i want to know i there's no way we'll ever know exactly but how much just like tiktok and like meme culture 
push this meme because I was telling you how there's like this meme on TikTok where people are going to like tweens, teens are like going to the movies dressed up as minions. There was another one that was just like people like in huge groups getting suited up in like literal suits to buy tickets to go see <laughs> the minions. That's pretty funny. To the uh, point that some theaters were banning anybody in formal dress attire because they were being geez. too disruptive. So... It's like when I once saw a Jurassic Park last summer and two people showed up in those inflatable T-Rex outfits. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it was the other, last week, opening weekend, is over the weekend. I saw a gal at work and she she had on, I think it was overalls with bright yellow shirt underneath and some kind of minion pin on her overalls. And I go, oh, you see the movie yet? She's like, head out there right now, right after this. I'm like, oh, yep. sweet. <laughs> So it was just it just blew up into this huge meme, you know. Well, good for it. Made a shit ton of money. Man. I know. It's crazy. And the last little bit of movie news, which isn't really news, but it's just kind of funny. Out? Was, what? Are we missing out? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I kind of no. want to see it. I, I like the first despicable. Well, the first second one was fine too. The first one I like better still, but I like despicable me. I never saw. I, know, the, but like, I, never, I never saw the standalone Minions movie though. But this one, I mean, that's that what this is a, a sequel to that standalone Minions movie. Okay, and that that Minions movie was Gruless too. This one has Gru, young Gru, but still has Gru, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, might, I might check movie, it out. We'll see. It really helps. Like I watched that and I enjoyed it just because the soundtrack is like British Invasion because um, mm-hmm. it takes place in England, so it's. Mm-hmm. Just 70s rock all the way through. Oh, hell yeah. Well, good. Something for the parents. Exactly. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say is like, this is not like really big news, but apparently Taika Waititi, uh, who's directing an unnamed Star Wars movie, which we knew this a while ago, but he apparently, it came out that he asked Natalie Portman to star in his, uh, to star in his Star Wars movie, forgetting that she was actually in the prequels. <laughs> What? Yeah. So apparently, it just wasn't thinking I mean, about it. That's funny, but that also Trent. kind of scares me. I'm like, he's a talented director, but does that mean he doesn't know his uh his uh stuff? I don't, I mean, he's not working it? within the main canon. No, but uh, still, what the crap? I don't know. I thought funny. it was funny. I'm still looking very much forward to his uh Star Wars movie. If there's any movie to look forward to. Well, I mean, he's still a talented director. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe he's not writing it either, though. But that is pretty funny. Hey, want to be in a Star Wars movie? Uh, what was 20 years ago? Three. What? Oh, right, right. But yes. Anyway, that is all the movie news I have. All right on. So, I got one movie to share as far as the other stuff I saw this week. I just thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about this movie. I never saw this movie before till just the, I guess like a week ago already called now and then from 1995 revolves around four 12 year old girls grew up together during an eventful small town summer in 1970. Yeah. Stars, Christina Ricci, Thor Birch, Gabby Hoffman, Ashley S and Moore. So they play like the young versions and then the older versions, when they flash back to the uh, like current times, Debbie Moore, Rosie O'Donnell, Melanie Griffith, and Rita Wilson. I gotta say, overall, pretty entertaining movie for the most part. 
kind of reminded me of the Sandlot a little bit. Not, okay. not even close to being as epic as the Sandlot, though. It, it had definitely had some moments of cheese in it. It's not a perfect film. I feel a little bit sorry for uh, Christina Ricci's character, though, because she's the one that grows up to be Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it was fun. It, it made me laugh at a lot of few moments. Uh, Brendan Fraser's in it. He plays a Vietnam veteran coming home from the war. It was a small little part, but yeah, it was kind of cool seeing him again. But yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. Now and then from 1995. Nice. This is yeah, Thor Birch in between Monkey Trouble and American Beauty. Okay. And now I think this is the youngest I've seen Christina Ricci now, because I don't think I ever saw Casper with her in it. But I think Sleepy Hollow was the youngest I ever saw her like now I've seen her in something else when she was even younger, though. Good good actress, though. Yeah, she's been doing it for a while. Good stuff. But yes, now and then. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, well, the only things I watched this week... Well, okay, I watched two things, which was finale of Stranger Things. Hell yeah. Uh, which was great. Recommend it, obviously. If you already watched the first part, why wouldn't you? Very excited for the fifth and final season, especially after the season finale. Very excited. Um, but the only other thing I watched is Jal <laughs> and I sat down and watched Legally Blonde because <laughs> we were joking about it because we were just tired from our week and we did a bunch of like social events, hung out with people on Monday night. We're like, man, we're tired, so we're just talking about stuff and then we're like she's like do you want to watch legally blonde because we were i don't remember how we were talking about it but i'm like i told her like yeah it's one of my like it's one of the movies that dad's like my dad or our dad likes to watch she's like really I'm like yeah he he just thinks that's a fun movie so we sat down and watched it and damn it is still fucking funny it holds up and i, I, was think, also, I don't think i've seen it since theaters oh well, i've also watched it and when we were watching i'm like man if the new Barbie movie was made like in like the same time frame as Legally Blonde, like Reese Witherspoon and the guy who plays her shitty boyfriend would definitely be the perfect like Barbie and Ken. <laughs> but you know, it's still it's just a fun movie. It holds up. Instead, we're stuck with Margot Robbie. Oh darn. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. And Ryan Gosling. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I can't wait. I know. <laughs> like I, I honestly like I forgot what movie they said was coming out the same day as Barbie. There's something else. I think it's a Marvel movie that's supposed to be coming out or like a DC movie. It's like, which one are you watching? I'm like, honestly, I'll probably see Barbie. So I got a lot of morbid curiosity about that at the oh, very least. One of them's honestly, moving. There's, there's no way. We'll see. I guess but, the Barbie over Black Adam. Yeah, I would too. Um... Goslin coming back, you know, he was on break for a while. Now he's back. Just imagine a bunch of like, like guys and girls bringing their girlfriends and boyfriends, like going into Marvel. And he's like, okay, here's the Barbie movie. All right. See you later. Or whatever movie. I don't know. I think it is black Adam, but honestly, personally, I would rather see the Barbie movie. I'm more interested in that than black Adam. I saw the trailer for black Adam again before I think Elvis. And I was like, yeah, Eh. we yeah anyway that is 
Both they of them are legally blonde. Than what I've seen. Yep, legally blonde. Still holds up. Very holds enjoyable up. movie. Is it streaming somewhere? Like it's the whole. We had to rent it. Is it a trilogy or is it just two movies? They made two movies. I think they made a third one, but it didn't. It's not with with Reese. Oh my god, Reese Witherspoon. So, so it's, it's like a American Pie spinoff kind of thing. Yeah, but I think it's still Elle Woods, technically. Oh, but oh, just, okay, I don't know. That'd be like making another election without Reese Witherspoon. What the hell? I think the third one's more of a cash grab than anything else. So yeah. Probably terrible. Holds up. Well, good. All right. Well, without further ado, let's move into our main movie on tap here, Daniel, and let's talk Elvis. I wish to promote you, Mr. Presley. Are you ready to fly? I'm ready. Ready to fly. Tomorrow, all of America will be talking about Elvis Presley. I can't move, I can't sing. Some people want to put me in jail. So where's moving? They might put me in jail for walking across the street, but you're a famous white boy. The way he sings is God-given, so there can't be nothing wrong with it. Martin Luther King has been shot to death in Memphis. That's all right for you. Tragedy, but it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with us. All right, so we've got Elvis here, written and directed by Baz Luhrmann, starring Austin Butler, Tom Hanks, Olivia Dijon, Helen Thompson, and Richard Roxburgh. Elvis is the story about musical legend elvis from literally birth to death so yeah and it's about the close relationship between him and his manager the colonel tom parker so daniel elvis were you excited to go see it were you looking forward to it were you like ah elvis yes can't wait for that it's by the director of moulin rouge i know your fiance loves moulin rouge yeah um no i was not excited to go see this like it just was a movie that i knew it was coming up but wasn't really like hyped for like you know i'm like i know elvis songs you know i'm not like an elvis fan i guess Mm -hmm. you know like he's obviously legendary but it's not like i'm sitting down listening to elvis why not i i just don't (laughs) i just don't um so, you know, not really like anything in that regard. I mean, I, I don't know. And then I'm like, okay, it's a biopic, not bad. And then when, I remember I texted him like, did you see this movie's almost three hours long, like 240? Definitely locked in for three. And I'm like, I don't think a biopic's going to hold my attention for that long. I don't know. But... But, so I'm just saying, like, I wasn't super looking forward to it. You know, and... I still think it's a bit long, but literally from birth till death, do we follow Elvis Presley? 42 years we cover. (laughs) 42 years. So you know what? It's fine. If you're going to make a long biopic for anybody, it's probably best that it's someone like Elvis. So I'll put that one to bed because I didn't feel it did. It did go a bit long, but I don't think it felt like it was a three hour movie still for sure. Um, But honestly, like after getting in the seats, I'm like, yeah, I mean, 
just because yeah and i didn't even think about that didn't even realize that it was the same director but it's probably why you feel so much energy while you're watching it like you oh, know from the get-go this movie goes yeah i mean like bohemian rhapsody they play the hits it's a jukebox musical or like a biopic for sure but it's like there's like i'm not gonna say lifeless but there's like so much more energy in like the music scenes when he's performing in front of people especially when the crowd's going wild you just feel it. it's so much more palpable than in a movie like bohemian rhapsody i think you know like it because yeah they don't go in like you don't really see like it's almost like a faceless crowd but like when you see him play it's a lot more like i don't know it feels more real like you're actually like kind of there um which probably helps being the director but with the director of Moulin Rouge because that's a very stylized movie but honestly uh watching it really enjoyed it still think it could be a little bit shorter but I honestly had a great time for something that was on my radar but like not like anywhere near uh something I really was interested in just from the get-go but it really sucked me in and I think it, I mean it's one of those things like if you're even not a fan that's how if I'm not a fan of something but the movie still pulls me in that's a good that's a good sign right there so yeah so far wasn't jacked but now I'm or wasn't super hyped for it, but I definitely really enjoyed my time good good yeah I wouldn't say this was on my top 10 most anticipated list the trailers look pretty good for it though I guess part of me was like, well, yeah, I was kind of on the fence of like, well, we'll see, you know, it doesn't look bad, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I got to tell you, the closer we've been getting to this movie, like the last month or so, every week, I've been getting more and more excited to watch it and talk about it. And so, yeah, I finally, this last week, actually saw it on 4th of July day, took our parents. Our dad's a big Elvis fan. So yeah, took our parents to go see it. And I had a great time. Yeah, it's long, two hours, 40 minutes, but I got to say, it's the way it's cut and everything, it goes down very smooth. does not feel like a two-hour, 40-minute movie. And yeah, there's energy all through. I mean, just from the get-go, there's energy all throughout. And yeah, I I was pulled in. I, I, I will admit at first, I had to kind of get used to the editing style of it a little bit because there was a lot of quick montage, three things going on the screen at once real quick. There's a lot of that going on, so it took a second to adjust to that. Well, you've I, never I watched knew, Moulin Rouge? I knew it was going to be about the relationship between Elvis and his manager. I guess I didn't know how much of his... I mean, Tom makes this you know, second name on the on the list, I, so I knew it was going to be... It's kind of through his eyes. I guess I didn't know it was going to be like directly through, from his point of view, in a sense. Um, yeah, it, was that the best way to tell the story? I'm still not sure yet. Again, I, I said I'm going to go see it tonight, so maybe after a second viewing, I'll know more. But overall, I enjoyed myself quite a bit. I wanted a little bit more as far as Elvis's personal life stuff goes, just a little bit more, but there's very few complaints I had about this movie. I mean, I overall had a good time. I found myself rocking my head in my, in my seat during a lot of the music scenes going, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the scenes... I don't think it was a spoiler, but one of the scenes that really got me like bobbing my head and yeah, it was during the little Richard scene singing Tutti Fruity. I was like, oh, hell yeah, here we go. This, this is awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I had a good time and I'll say it right up front. I thought Austin Butler 
blew it out of the water. I, I thought he was great as Elvis. It didn't feel like we were watching a per, uh, in per, uh, it didn't feel like we were watching an Elvis impersonator either. I mean, it felt like we were overall watching Elvis himself on screen, and that says something. Yeah, because you know, I, oh, well, hang on, probably just cut it, and it cut says it. less than one minute. Yeah, less than one minute. That's okay. But yeah, I thought I thought he was fantastic. Tom Hanks did a great job too. I mean, it was really cool seeing Oswald Cobblepot in the movie. <laughs> Both performances were fantastic. I mean, even just you know the folks that played his parents, Priscilla Presley, everybody I thought did a wonderful job. I yeah, I like I said, closing out my own initial thoughts. I had a great time. Really enjoyed myself, and I'm looking. To, I'm looking for. I'm actually. I'm really looking forward to seeing it again tonight. I'm going with a buddy of mine. We haven't gone to a movie in quite a while. This buddy, of my, particular buddy of mine, and I. Yeah, I'm. Just, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I don't know. I had a good time. The energy in the movie was great. Yeah. So yeah, that's my general thoughts. But yeah, let's let's dive in. So. Yeah, director Moulin Rouge. And I, I honestly, let's just start with him a little bit. I think he was the right guy for the job. The, it, he definitely had, you know, the way he shot it, he, he, you know, he was part of the writing process too. But yeah, the way it was shot, I mean, I don't want to say only him could have done it, but who knows? I, I think he did a great job. It was definitely, I mean, again, it just picks up right at the beginning. The energy just goes, goes, goes and doesn't let up till the very end but i thought he did a great job yeah his style it's i guess i had to warm up to it but once i was warmed up to it i was digging it yeah i feel like that's probably how i felt the first time i saw moulin rouge too um because yeah it's a lot of quick cuts very stylized almost but you also don't expect that from a biopic like this Mm -hmm. but it also helps like i mean I know a lot of quick cutting, like there are things, the ways to do it right and ways to do it wrong. I think in this instance, he does it right because it really keeps energy up and going. Where like, say, a Marvel movie where they do quick cuts in the fight scenes really makes it feel like none of the punches really matter. You know, like there's great ways to do this. And that's not a a one-to-one comparison, obviously. But I think you're right. Like it's very, it's just like somehow he just like cuts it all together. Like while it's like, yeah, you're right. At first, you kind of get acclimated to it. You have to get acclimated to it. But then once you kind of get there, which hopefully you will get there, it really just like helps. Just like, it really just like propels the movie forward. And again, with being it, it being so long, I don't see that as an issue. I can, I mean, can you imagine being less quit, like less cutty, like you know, like less stylized like that, and it just like being cut, like even like Bohemian Raps, all them. I don't know, but even Rhapsody was still kind of quick cut. I don't know. Just imagine, I just imagine without this type of like direction, essentially the the cuts are pushing the momentum forward or keeping the energy up. If you take that away, that I feel like this movie would actually probably I probably would have left the movie if it wasn't cut the way (laughs) it's still two hours and 40 minutes. That's a long ass time. Like I said, it was entertaining and yeah. The guy playing Butler, Alex Butler. Alex Butler, which I know you've seen him in another movie before. Do you know what movie you've seen him in? Tex. Tex, that's right. Uh, you are... I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. 
No, I was dumber than that. Something like Rex. Kachudum Tex? Tex. Well, the movie is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But Wasn't that crazy, though, to figure out that one of the Manson children played Elvis? I, I, I was just like, when I put two and two together, I was like, holy shit. And yeah, knowing his text, like. Is it um, as crazy the, as the real the... Charlie Manson writing songs with the Beach Boys? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe because that is actually what happened. He wrote, he was around and hung around with the Beach Boys and wrote songs with them. Now you know. Now I know. <laughs> but to go from I'm the devil to Elvis, I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, but just the devil. He's like, oh my God, he's corrupting the children with his loose dancing. Yeah. You know, and every time I see that, I will never not think of Forrest Gump when he's just like, how Elvis got his dance from Forrest. Oh. That that scene is still a classic scene. Like one day this gentleman stayed with us and he had himself a guitar. One time a young man was staying with us and he had him a guitar case. I told you not to bother this nice young man. Oh, no, that's all right, ma'am. I I was just showing him a thing or two on the guitar here. All right, but your supper's ready if y'all want to eat. Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you, ma'am. Say, man, show me that crazy little walk you just did there. Slow it down some. You ain't nothing but a... I like that guitar. It sounded good. I started... Moving around to the music, swinging my hips. He's dancing with these boy. fucking things on his legs. And well, guess what? Forrest Gump canonically inspired Elvis to dance like that. I love it. It'd be hilarious if there was actually a scene like that in the movie from Elvis's point of view. That would have been hilarious. You just have to. You just have to watch. You have to watch Forrest Gump first before you go into the Elvis movie, so you you get the full picture. Yeah. Well, and speaking of, I mean, that's his mother's reaction when they see him on TV is probably exactly how a lot of mothers were back in the day, back in 1955. I mean, her reaction's hilarious when they see him on TV. This one night, me and Mom was out shopping, and we walked right by Bensey's Furniture and Appliance Store. And guess what? That's inappropriate. This is not for children's eyes. <laughs> I know, which again, with modern lenses, you're like wiggling is I'm like, we've seen. Like, what would they think of, like, a Miley Cyrus concert or, like, <laughs> or anything. anything? You got Madonna in the 80s, Britney Spears, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Anyway, take your pick. Any, any anyone, like, you would, you would make moms drop dead out of a heart attack in the 50s. Hilarious. Uh, I'm trying to think, let's see, where our grandparents were around this time. Would they have been the parent being like, oh, my God? Or were, were they young enough to be like, Huh, it's kind of cool. 
I don't no, think no, I've never heard our grandparents listen to Elvis. That's true. Well, they don't listen. That's to the hard part. So that's I think true. If they yeah. were cool I don't, with it, I, we'd I don't think it. they listen to anything past 1940. So yeah, all right. Yeah, like they just stopped at jazz, and then they got into Pink Martini, and that was it. Yeah. But I loved, I loved the a lot of the uh, even the beginning of the movie, seeing him as a kid, him talking about his favorite comic book character, uh, just growing up in that tiny tiny ass little town watching the gospel choir all that stuff was just great yeah i guess did you like it from the point of view of his manager did, was there too much of his manager did you well, want they, okay, more we, elvis and less manager because i gotta say overall like it was pretty leveled out between elvis and manager i wanted just a smidge more elvis and less manager though but it was well, from the, the weird point of part view is him. like you know going into that i know that guy is the guy who essentially like i mean if the stories be true that he's sure. the one that got elvis hooked on like coke and forced him to perform like two shows every day in vegas yeah. like for at least a couple months on end with no breaks in between drove him to sheer exhaustion which yeah exactly in order, in order to I mean, I, I think that hospital scene they show when Elvis is like passing out and they're like shooting up with drugs and like, only the mayor is getting that boy on stage. You know, I think that was a pretty real depiction of what happened or what was going on back then. Right. So I did think it was funny because I mean, I, yeah, I didn't expect, I mean, the narration was in the trailer, which that's one thing, you know, you're trying to sell a movie, you know, and it's, it's narration is always, you know, good for a trailer. Um, you know, but he even says in like the trailer, they just like, oh, some think of me as like the villain. And then like I know from his like narration point of view, I'm just like, are we trying to make this guy not seem like an asshole? Like, is it not true that he pretty much killed Elvis or at least, you know, put him in like a bad place? You know, so it always it was kind of like I would have loved just more Elvis or just straight Elvis. I don't feel like I the narration was needed, and it was an interesting way to tell the story. Yeah, from his point of view and then all the narration. I guess I wanted I while it was fine, I wanted a little bit less of it. I guess maybe we get it from his point of view because it's him looking back on his life as well, and the great man Elvis that he, Elvis Presley that he knew. Yeah. And since he outlived Elvis, I guess in some ways it makes sense that we hear it from his point of view and narration. But I guess I want just a little bit less of him, a little more Elvis, because I wanted to see more of Elvis's, you know, home life a little bit. Right. Just a little bit more of that, because, yeah, he was big in the family. I mean, bought us, you know, bought his whole family, you know, the estate. The heart, what was it, Heartland? Is that what it's Gra- called? Graceland. Graceland. I'm like a Heartland. I'm like I don't remember like which ones. Okay, Graceland. Yeah. Okay. In Memphis, Tennessee, I want a little bit more of his home life. Just a little bit more. Elvis was big in tech, into technology. I wanted to see just a little bit more of that side of him. Like he was one of the first ones to have Betamax in 1975. When Sony put out the Betamax, he was one of the first ones to own one. So nice. I, I just want to see a little bit more of that side of Elvis a little bit. But otherwise. Still thought this was a very, very well-made film. And... Right, and it also just helps, like you said, that uh, Alex Butler 
Like his Elvis doesn't feel like an impersonation. He feels like a full-blown embodiment of Elvis as like everybody. And it's not even like, at, like as a person, like that's, you know, who knows? Cause we're so far removed, but like, as like the uh, entity that everybody essentially remembers Elvis as he really embodies that while still, like I said, when he's on stage, he really embodies the icon that everybody remembers. And then right. when he's off stage, it's kind of like, feels like, Oh, this feels like, this is Elvis Presley. Like, you know, and we're watching almost like a documentary about his life instead of a biopic played yeah. by somebody else. Yeah. One thing he did so good at too was, I mean, this, he could be up for awards for this is he, the, he gave it to where the body had so much energy going for it, but you could see, I don't want to say emptiness in the eyes, but you could see the exhaustion in the eyes. The body's moving, energy going, because, you know, he's performing. I mean, we're talking like the Vegas days, but right. you could see the exhaustion and stuff in the eyes and just the, like everything, you know, Priscilla's left him at this point, and you could just see kind of the brokenness in the eyes. And yeah, I, I think this guy could be up for some oscar stuff hard to I say wouldn't be surprised. i honestly he's probably gonna be up for best actor um i don't know i mean i'd have to cut like it's hard to like i'd have to look at my sheet of like what has come out this year and what's yet to come out i don't know if elvis itself is gonna be up for like best best picture i doubt it it, it definitely will go up El- for like elvis and maverick for best picture It'll probably definitely he'll probably go up for best uh sorry for like best actor. actor. I could see I him could and see Hanks this going up, up for like up best for like musical score or like soundtrack. I don't know exactly which one that is. Um well, sound editing, video editing, maybe video editing, maybe cinematography, although Maverick is gonna take home cinematography. I'm already calling that. I mean no wait yeah dune didn't come out this year dune already got all its oscars uh, <laughs> but say, like this is definitely gonna be oscar nominated i guarantee you like for like five like probably from five to seven yeah i, um, I, I don't agree. think it's gonna go up for best picture but i definitely think we're gonna get see do you a best think actor the, do you maybe think, the uh, best costume design too do you think olivia um dijon's up for supporting actress I, I thought she played a damn good Priscilla. I mean, I th- it's hard to say like she was good, but it's also because like Austin, El- like Elvis, for you know, steals the show, which I guess is what you want. Obviously, <laughs> I would hope from- Elvis stole the show. Yeah, yeah, I'm like good that Elvis stole the show. Like he wasn't overshadowed by anybody else's acting, but I almost feel like just because he like really like embodied Elvis, that her acting like on the other side of him could just get like brushed off to the wayside. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I'd also have to look at what else. Like I said, we've watched a lot of movies. We're about in July. So I don't even remember like the first quarter of the year. I mean, of movies let's be honest. Seen. Clerks three is going to sweep the Oscars. Oh yeah. I'm year. sure. I'm sure. Clerks three, the making of clerks. <laughs> Should be the subtext of the making of clerks. So I don't know. Like I said, I am. I mean, we'll find out what in January of next year. I don't know when. When do they announce nominations? Early in the year, like next year, early in the year. Yeah, because they have them in like February or March, right? Usually, it's been a little late the last few years, but I think guess that's COVID stuff. But anyway, yeah. 
Anyway, yeah, but we'll it, see. Uh, I, I definitely think this is up for rewards. Um, let's take some favorite scenes. I mean, this had chock full of some good stuff. Uh, let's talk the beginning a little bit. I like seeing his early days as a kid. I loved uh, just, you know, because the gospel music did influence him. I love that scene where he just sneaks into the church. Love that scene a lot. Um, when he gets a little older, he's not, you know, quite, he's not quite Elvis Presley yet, but when he's a, uh, well, doing his first performance with that the country band or country family, whatever, whoever they, whatever they were, mm-hmm. I love that scene too. When he's first getting on stage and showing everybody what he's got, I mean, just showing the ladies' reactions, like, "Oh, what's this? Oh, what is it? What am I feeling? What what's going on?" Because, I mean, you can see in the girl's face, like, "Wait, what's going? What am I? What's this feeling I'm having right now? What's going on?" What's, what, what, and just like my 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 parents just listen to to talk radio and just like i mean it's it's almost like how we've always described like when we watch older movies but like we've already seen what has been iterated on and we like even looking at like the point of ignition like mm-hmm. we you know we've already seen people iterate it and most of the time make it better not saying that it like the originals are bad but it's also like like we've known Elvis is, you know, it's been around like the Beatles, you know. So I'm just like, it's it's almost un, I can't imagine just being in a room and hearing something that's literally like brand new that just you would never thought you were gonna hear in your entire life, just blow your mind, you know. Like I just wish I could experience something like that. I, and it kind of sucks. Way. I think as generations go on, I don't think we will be having as many of those moments. If we ever get them, we've talked. We've talked about it with movies before. I mean, you hear about all these movies like this is the first time this happened, the first time this ever happened, or this. I mean, I really do think one of the last movies to blow our minds. There's been a few since, sure, was the original Matrix. Mad Max Fury Road's probably the most recent one that I that, can think of. That, that too, as far as like how crazy practical effects were, and I would even say since then. Maverick, as far as cinematography and things go, I mean, that was incredible. So yeah. there's been a few things now and then that blow our minds, but not like it used to. I mean, we will never know what it's like to go see Star Wars for the first time ever and be like, holy we- shit, what is this? This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Right. Like, we we live in a post-Star Wars world. My childhood consisted of the prequels being put out pretty early, you know? So it's, it's like I said, it's just such a weird feeling to like, I can feel the energy in the room, but like imagining the fact of like hearing Elvis for the first time without him being Elvis, without him being, you know, like it's one of those things, like you said, Star Wars is a great example. We live in a world that's just stars exist. We lived in a world since we've both been born where Elvis existed. I mean, his music still exists. Well, he- was he one? I mean, what? I mean, I guess there was some well known music back in the day. I mean, it's just, you know, it's going to be like, I don't know what you would call it. I mean, there was definitely music in the, they didn't just have talk radio. There's definitely music in the 20s, 30s, 40s. Right. But yeah, I mean, this was the part of the birth of rock and roll. A lot of the, I mean, a lot of it did, did birth from a lot of uh, legends like Little Richard, BB uh, King. I mean, a lot of the black folks, you know, they were kind of the inventors of it in a sense. It's which, speaking of, man, that club he went to, I want to go back in time and go to that club. 
Yeah. Yeah, the the one in uh, Mem- what Memphis? Beale it's probably Street. Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, Memphis, Beale Street. I want to go to that club so bad. Just be in a small room that size, and you've got legends on the stage. I I could I could hang out there all day every day. I mean, I hear. I mean, it may not be quite the same, but I hear Tennessee's still one of like the great places to go and visit. Memphis, Tennessee, because it still exists as a music hub. Yeah. And I was just listening to a podcast where they're talking about a band. It was the replacements and it was like from the 1970s. And they were talking about how they went all the way to Memphis, Tennessee. And they got an original, like the producer who was mixing, like helping them with their record. Like they got like an original thing. Like they wouldn't have happened if they recorded it in any other state or any other place, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just kind of like, it's still a legendary place and it still goes like, it still has its own identity. So you could probably find something I mean, I, I don't know if it'll be, it's probably not going to be at the same level, but I think you, if you went to Memphis, you could still find something that kind of gave a similar feeling. Yeah. I'd like to go to Tennessee. I'd like to go to Memphis and Nashville. I think it'd be awesome. But yeah, yeah. To, to, to be in that room, I mean, I love this talk on the balcony with BB uh, King. That was great. Mm-hmm. Some just really, some really good moments there. But yeah, Elvis is just, yeah family's poor he's trying to kind of provide his dad went to jail for uh, a check bouncing and he just wants to provide for the family he realizes he has some gifts maybe he hasn't realized his full potential yet but he knows he has some gifts and i just yeah i thought they just i did a really good job just watching us as the audience watching him get started thought they did a good job with that yeah about the only time we really jump ahead big time is when we go through like jump ahead through montage of a whole decade where we go through his Hollywood career. But yeah, we gonna do. Yeah, but that's also just kind of one of the cruxes of biopics is we usually get that little montage, just like, oh, he starts going. Well, let's get it speeded up. So it's like, yeah, you want to see where he begins, but not a lot of people are like every gig until he's huge, you know. So they so- always speed it up and you're not quite sure how long so what'd you what'd you think of the colonel in general awesome dude or very villainous oh i think like you said it's one of those i kind of when i was watching it, i was thinking of like the like the trope of like the unreliable narrator just because i went in there with preconceived notions about him like i said being with like the person who got him hooked on cocaine and pushed him to do too much and not letting him take a break or take care of himself. To- oh, to my knowledge, all that's true. That Well, that's the thing. It's like, that's all I know. And I've never like sat down and researched it. So I'm just like saying like, as far as I know as well, that is what happened. So it's kind of like when he's like, when it shows him in more of like a, a like a, a better light. And I'm and because like I said, since I recently, I'm like, am I like, is this actually what happened? And again, with a biopic, there's usually like, they very much usually gloss over a lot of the dirtier aspects and like stuff is sometimes like not even remotely true in biopics. So it's always taken with a grain of salt, but it's stuff like this that interests me in like doing more research and finding out more about like reliably what happened in Elvis's life. But um, anyway, like I said, I was always suspicious of his character because I was always under the impression it was more of an unreliable narrator where he's just like when he glosses things over and makes himself feel better or sound better i'm like i think that's like the narrative like I said he's kind of looking back on his life like maybe that's him like kind of glossing over the bad things he done or just like trying to make himself like 
like kind of alter history in his favor. Well, yeah, I think he's trying to see it through the light of like I did everything correctly. Like, like yeah, Elves dead, but yeah, I outlived him by twenty years or whatever. But yeah, not my fault. I did everything right. Right, and I could. I mean, I'm sure I could find like already essays coming out about like how he thinks he's right or how he just like is in denial or something like that. I don't know. Like I said, I, it's definitely open to interpretation. Well, he's been dead for 25 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. But I don't know. Like I said, I, it's good that it was Tom Hanks. Still not my favorite Tom Hanks uh, character for sure. But I think he lent the gravitas and like, cause also cause Tom Hanks is so likable and charismatic that I think it helps sell the character as a whole. You know, of just I was rooting up. for I was rooting for Elvis to just leave him, especially like when that whole when he almost did with that whole Christmas album or Christmas album, that whole Christmas show, whatever thing, mm-hmm. whatever that TV special was. I was like, all right, here we go. Leave his ass. Like he's doing you no good. He's taking half your money. You got some other people behind you. What one thing I didn't I didn't like about the colonel is he seemed very short-term thinking whereas those other guys are like the ones that met him at the uh, hollywood sign seem very more long-term thinkers right yes we, yes we got this major talent and we're gonna make the best of it and make the most profit off it which is what elvis wants also but they seem like long-term thinkers whereas the colonel is very short-term like now 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 you know you gotta strike while the iron's hot and you're like yeah the iron's hot but if you especially if you have a discography that people love like long-term you're gonna make more at least yeah. both of you, you know. Um, yeah, was the guy? Was he a? He was a music. Was he? A mu- oh my god! Was he a music producer before he met Elvis? No, I think it's like no. it. Like it shows in the uh, in the movie. He just he was working with carnival acts, had the family that he was working with, and then just discovered Elvis and was like, "Oh, here's my golden this is goose. my ticket." Yeah, like, here we go. Okay. Golden Goose. Is That's here. what I thought. Okay, I, I was trying to remember. Um, okay. But yeah, as far it's just too damn bad. I know. I I feel that I get that feeling where you're just like, no, it's like it happened in Bohemian Rhapsody too, where you're like, oh, he's gonna get rid of that shitty dude, and then the shitty, I forget his name, like Paul or something. I don't know the guy who, who kind of like broke up the band for a little bit. Oh yeah. And Bohemian Rhapsody, but I also get the same feeling like. <laughs> It's one of those people feelings like when I watch Clone War, like the cartoon Clone War series, when Anakin and Obi-Wan are just the best and having fun doing their stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, no, Anakin, don't turn to the dark side. I mean, I'm like, I know you're Darth Vader, but I just hate having ha- having you see this throw this all the way. <laughs> you know, it's one of those fun feelings, which also, I guess, it's good as far as like the character and the emotional drive of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I know I always hate that. Where I'm just like, no, you can do it. And be like, oh wait, no, I know how this ends. <laughs> um, it, it's crazy to think what Elvis' life could have been. I mean, maybe he would have still been washed up, and but you know, maybe he would have lived. I I I think because oh, I think part of his drug addiction just was that the colonel was trying to push him and push him and push him. I mean, again, performing nightly in Vegas two times a night, just pushing him and pushing him, just draining him. 
like how do you do that without drugs you i feel i i can't imagine you yeah can. no it's true like it's 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 like, so like, true you have to do it i'm and like you before, it. and yeah, well, hell, lo and behold drugs become addictive what do you know and yeah it, it's just so tragic it, it really is just tragic uh, but yeah i i because I, I kept because i love that scene with him talking to the other guys at the hollywood sign i could just kept thinking to myself like man just go with these guys they're gonna do you better fuck the colonel yeah plus his name's the colonel that's never a good sign yeah wanted so badly you know i know it doesn't happen i just wanted so badly i, I was into the story like i wanted you wanted the tarantino ending we're like so guess what bad. they actually did kill hitler guess what well Elvis yeah lived, exactly. he went on to sell a bajillion records and you can go visit him in his house in memphis right <laughs> he's just living old retirement home in memphis exactly yeah exactly yeah. uh yeah but let's talk about some other scenes um yeah again i love this i love those scenes at that club that was great um yeah i liked all the, the music acts which is phenomenal especially the one he performed in the park um i love the whole christmas special with the colonel like oh yeah now he'll, he'll sing jingle bells don't worry he'll sing jingle bells that cut that comeback though because this is after yeah this was after his movie career that comeback christmas special was great when he walks down the leather suit i mean he again you're like oh yeah this guy is a rock star yeah and yeah that whole sequence i thought was just phenomenal there, there was just so much to like. So many good moments. I liked him and Priscilla's moments quite a bit, like their meeting and everything like that. Yeah, it just, it, isn't it just funny how? Yeah, they're like basically you're going to be arrested. Well, let's send you off to the army. They'll show, then you'll be a good old American boy who fights for his country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> our dad was it our dad that had a picture the longest for the longest time of like Elvis in his like army attire. I just remember seeing that. I just remember seeing that picture. Feel it feels like constantly in my childhood. And I don't know why. Um, I don't know. I think yeah. I think as far as some of the best performances, obviously, yeah, that first one. And obviously, if you're gonna have a best performance and it being the first one, like it really gets you in. It really gets you like, oh shit, this is the energy. This is what we're gonna feel because that be- first performance was awesome but also the first vegas performance yeah you know before he goes dead in the eyes <laughs> you know or but like again like you i've seen big i've seen like a couple stadium shows but like i've never seen fucking elvis i've never seen like queen or anybody i'm like damn i would just kill to go to a show like that oh, which is no holds bar amazing yeah and also in a time when they really just like dump money into their artists because they're making money hand over fist because people actually bought music. I mean, it's crazy to think that's where Vegas residency started. Oh, shit. As much as, yeah, Elvis wanted, I mean, I still think he should have done his national touring. And I, I think he should go play in other countries, you know? They deserve to hear you live, too. Not just people in America flying to Vegas, but yeah, I think everybody. But I mean, Vegas residency is what they are now. I, I heard Adele's that's starting up soon is in the hundreds of millions of dollars as far as like how much like it's worth. It, it's crazy where it's gone. Like they pay Adele a hundred million dollars to. I don't to think do about. Do I don't. Well, I just think like 
uh, what I'm trying to think of how I heard it, how I heard it worded. I don't know if she's necessarily getting a paycheck that big, but the kind of like it's like a owning like a, a franchise or like the NBA brings in so much money as, as a whole. That's kind of what, yeah, these residencies are like now. It's just all the money that comes in as a whole is into, into the hundreds of millions of dollars now. It, it, it's crazy. But yeah, it's kind of cool to in the movie see where it all kind of started. Elvis Presley. Yeah. But yeah, I'm trying to think of some other good moments. I loved, I forget what song he was playing, but when he was upstairs in the Vegas hotel playing the piano by himself, great moment there. His conversation with his dad about being broke. And yeah, just, there's just so many good moments. And I mean, I, I didn't cry, but I was damn near close towards the end. It got me in the feet. Jordan's finally getting emotional about movies. Yep. Got me in the feet. I've been here for a little bit. You know, I cried during How to Train Your Dragon, Wreck It Ralph, Toy Story 4, Toy Story 3. Um, Definitely Toy Story 3. Everyone cries during that one. Oh, yeah. Coda. <laughs> Coda. That's the last movie that made me cry. Oh, but I'm just, just trying to think some other good fun scenes uh, what, honestly what? just in the more fun aspect i did enjoy the bits where like they touch like they touch on his like movie career you know because i've seen a few i think the one that really sticks out because i've seen it our dad had a few of them and i watched a couple of them i think i remember the one that i remember the most was easy come easy go is that when he's in which, hawaii or something or yeah it's like a hawaii they find like a like sunken treasure and they're like oh man we're gonna be rich you know there's some music in there it's just all having a good time and then by the end they're like oh this is all fake it's not worth anything and i've never like, seen oh, a... easy come easy go and then roll credits you know i've never <laughs> seen a single one of his movies one thing i liked that they touched on was the colonel's idea was all right you've done elvis the singer you're gonna go out to the army for a couple of years then you come back we're gonna take on hollywood and you're gonna be elvis the actor well after a couple of pictures they're like what the hell? He's Elvis. We want to see him sing. So they had to start going into the musical business because everybody wants, well, he's Elvis though. He's got to sing. Like, what the hell? I mean, yeah, yeah glad, you think it would make sense, that. but why Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm so glad they touched on that. Um, yeah. So he sings he in Easy Come, Easy Go, as far as I remember. Yeah. Now he's singing most of his movies. But yeah, as like they say, the first couple he didn't, and people are like, what the hell's going on? This is Elvis. Why is he not singing? Like, especially, and, especially with an audience like that, you either think you're going to go hear the hits or I think more than likely you'd probably go in and be like, oh man, new Elvis songs for the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm no, going to are... have to research it, but I think the Colonel said in the narration that Elvis was the highest paid actor of the time. I got to look that up. Cause I mean, you have some legends back then, like Marlon Brando. Was he actually getting paid more than Marlon Brando? I mean, if music made him more popular than Brando and you're going to pay him to put butts in seats and maybe I, I have to, I'd have to research this though. Well, it probably came to like, well, if you pay, if you pay the upfront cost for Elvis, cause he's such an icon, not a movie star, but just a musical icon that if you're like, this is Elvis's movie, especially the first couple that you're just paying it. Cause people are going to go see it. Cause Elvis is in it no matter what right you know so i could see it that way i don't know like long term or like 
I don't know how many movies he did. I feel like he did like at least four or five. Yeah, if not, just, I, I don't know. It's so crazy to me that the uh, Colonel took half the cut. Half of everything. Just hell, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, that's when you're getting fucking ripped off. But ripped he didn't know that. Off. Didn't know that. I don't know. I would have thought his dad would be a better uh, manager as far as like his finances go. Especially making him cut a better deal with the Colonel. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, Elvis, after doing the Vegas stuff for a while and getting addicted to drugs, put on some weight, and just eventually, I, I mean, I think it was more the drugs than the weight, just took him out, age 42, died in his home on the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, it's just damn shame. Really is just a damn shame. Could have been so much more. I guess that's part of what made him a legend is yeah, dying young, but yeah, 42 years old. Like dying before people decided, "Mm, his music's not as good as it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, James Dean is a legend, only did three films, died super young. And yeah, didn't have time to dry out and yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's one of those weird things that like yeah you died a legend like you died and you're a legend now because you didn't live long enough for people to decide they didn't like you anymore which look happens all, look at lot. all the trash De Niro makes now in the last 20 years some are good some are like what the fuck are you doing De Niro yeah well it's just cash from paychecks now right it's fine it's still a job right yep yeah but anyway My I guess time. for this you want to wrap it up we'll wrap it up it might time out here in a sec though but we'll still okay. start wrapping it up okay Some six, seven, yeah, yeah did, did you know i think it was 1978 just a couple years after elvis died kurt russell starred as elvis in an elvis movie kurt russell kurt russell was elvis jesus you think that blows your mind guess who directed it who john carpenter Okay, John Carpenter Elvis movie with Kurt Russell. That sounds like a special. As much as I love both of those people, that sounds horrible. I just imagine like I, Kurt Russell, especially in like the eighties, like uh, all right, you're not. He's not all right, but he's kind of like I don't know. I just I can't I can't picture him as Elvis. This is four years before the thing. Uh, I I might have to check this movie out sometime. I'm very curious. Might have to check it out. But yeah, a John Carpenter film starring Kurt Russell. Yeah, an Elvis film directed by John Carpenter starring Kurt Russell. It's out there. Right. But hey, if this is what broke, I had to look this up, but yeah, if this is what broke Kurt Russell away from all that Disney live action trash and got him into mainstream Hollywood stuff, then so be it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah pretty, really weird if it was. Pretty great uh, career since then. I mean, he's worked consistently. So before we grade this out, what was your favorite Elvis costume outfit? I mean, I think it's got to just be like the iconic Vegas, like all white. Okay. With bedazzles with like, and everything. It's just the one that like when you see it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's Elvis. You know, I, I think for me it's got to be the leather suit, the whole Christmas special leather suit. That was like, because again, when he put that on and came out, he you're like, oh yeah, here's a rock star. Oh yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. 
Okay. But yeah. You're right about the tassels. Oh, and I do love the uh, fire when he finally fired the colonel. When the Vegas show ends, curtain closes, and he's just like, "You're fired. You're fired. You're fired." Basically, like, "Go fuck yourself. You're fired." Good. That was always yeah. It's always satisfying when stuff like that happens. But that's how it happened in real life. But great for the movie. You All gotta right, well, get <laughs> you're like, no, this is for the fans. Like, yeah, you get him, Elvis. Fuck you. We all want to be in that moment. But there's been times we've all wanted to be there. Yeah, it's all like, right. So oh, go ahead. Oh no, I'm like, no, it's like with with Marvel, you got John Krasinski as, as Mr. Fantastic for the fans. And uh and Tarantino, you uh you you kill Hitler because fuck that guy. Wouldn't that be fun if we just killed him? Like, yeah, fuck yeah. And in Elvis, he gets to viciously and fire Sharon, the Sharon Colonel. Tate lives. And Sharon Tate lives. Yeah. Only which, in Hollywood. Which something else. Oh, wait, that's the one thing we didn't touch on. They touched, they touched around a lot of uh, real life situations going on. The death of Martin Luther King, or I should say the assassination of Lark. I'm sorry. The assassination of Martin Luther King, the assassination of uh, Bobby Kennedy. Sharon Tate's death was something too they talked about. A lot of like real world stuff going on. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. If I were to grade this out, I don't know if it's quite A plus material. I still, it's somewhere in like A minus solid A territory for me. Like this is like 93% or so for me. Like this is definitely a damn good film well made acting is incredible everything of course the music is incredible yeah this is sitting somewhere around there yeah i would between a minus solid a for me i'm just gonna go i think my score is because b plus seems too low i'm going with a minus my reasoning is one alex butler it is alex butler i keep thinking i'm saying the wrong name but I'm giving an A minus. My reasoning is one: you really get lost in the character performance uh, of Austin. It's not Alex; it's Austin Butler. Jesus, I don't know how many times I said Alex Butler. Uh, anyway, Austin Butler, you really get lost in his performance as Elvis. You feel like you wa- are watching not impersonation because we've seen like it's more of like Elvis becomes more of a parody because he's so hard to like get right with how he talked and how he sang mostly the talking aspect so to get that like this this guy who actually feels like elvis presley himself and it makes it feel more like a documentary than like a biopic almost at times or like you're watching his real life almost Mm -hmm. uh because that hands down like great performance like i would be rioting i mean no not rioting but you know if he doesn't get a best actor nominee i don't know what the fuck is going on with that but at least nominations coming at I, mean, least I, I, I thought this was on par with uh aaron eggerson who played elton john right really just embodies man. the iconoclast character while keeping him grounded yeah. like he said and so with like his amazing performance and of course you get to piggyback with just the amazing songs and the high energy throughout the movie I think a minus like especially with like yes two hours and forty minute runtime for the average moviegoer maybe that's too much for an Elvis film I get that but we yeah. saw it and 42 I got two years though you're trying to cover yeah 
So I think, like I said, if it's if anybody gets that long of a biopic, Elvis is one of the few that probably deserve it. And I, I will know, say, so, uh, rumor has it, there's a four-hour director's cut. If the good. 4K Steelbook has that on there, I'm buying it day one. Pulling a fucking, uh, was it Snyder cut? Yeah. But so yeah, no, honestly, for how many things that could have gone wrong with just like, it oversaying it's welcome, just Austin Butler not being a good Elvis, like that was a very real possibility. You know, it's easy to get together his best performances for a trailer, but for it to be consistent throughout did surprise me a bit. Um, that's probably just because I'm such a little negative Nancy. But honestly, just because of all the things that could have gone wrong, especially with that long runtime, I think for what we got, it was great. Performance was were excellent. The music obviously was excellent. And the directing and how like it kind of kept the pace moving, I think all in all keeps it at like an hour, like a, an A minus is a really good movie. And I think if you're trying to stay away from it, which I can't blame you because not everybody wants to sit in the theaters for three hours plus with trailers and everything. I think it's worth a watch in theaters just for the musical aspects alone. Oh yeah. It's definitely worth worth seeing in theaters for it's still a lot of the show stuff will be way better on the big screen, but yeah, I think this is another slam dunk for uh, Baz Luhrmann. I think he did good. All righty. Well, yeah, I think let's wrap it up here. That is our review of Elvis. Two thumbs up. Go check it out. Daniel, where can they find us? They find us online on movies underscore brews, Instagram, and Twitter. Let us know what you thought about Elvis. Loved it. Hated it. Needed more Colonel. Let us know. Maybe less Colonel. All right, everybody. Well, hey, thanks for downloading the show. If you like it, share it with others. Uh, Yeah, we will talk to you next time. We'll be back, what, next week with Thor, Love and Thunder? Uh, Should be, yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, until then, everybody, keep rocking on. Cheers. Cheers. Elvis has left the building. I need your love. God.